everyone and welcome once again to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are into the first season of Abfab. We're actually uh, close to the end at this point. We'll be watching episode five today. Um, in case you're listening to these, trying to figure out which one this is for some reason. It, it is Magazine. Oh, Magazine. That sounds appealing. Magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we'll be talking about that. Uh, we, we do have a couple things that we'll be discussing beforehand. Um, and the first one, uh, just to get into it, is uh, to date this thing. We are recording this just a few days after we found out that Russell T. Davis is going to be returning to Doctor Who. So um, we're going to talk about that, even though it's completely irrelevant. Uh, although there may be a crossover between AbFab fans and, and Doctor Who fans. Well, I mean, we can certainly talk about crossover between AbFab actors and Doctor Who actors. Ooh, that's a good topic. Actually, we should do that today instead of what we're going to talk about. We'll save that for another well, time. Well, I mean, I mean, that's not a huge thing, so I think we could we could uh, squeeze that in and and uh, and do the other thing too. Personally, mm, well, okay. Uh, I mean, we'll see. If that goes along, then then obviously we can jettison the other bit. <laughs> yes, we're we're editing we're editing this uh, podcast live for everyone right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, figuring out what we're going to talk about, which we should have talked about before we started recording. But but we like peeling back the curtain to show you these You see how the sausage is made. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, let's talk about this RTD news. What do you think? Well, I mean, I think, uh, again, I have to wonder if he's going to be in this long term or if Mm -hmm. he's just serving as interim until they can find somebody else. Uh, I also suspect that he may not be the happiest with what uh, Chibnall did with the Timeless Child, and I can picture him trying to uh, trying to retcon or at least alleviate it to some extent. I mean, you know, it, it's interesting. We've talked, uh, I don't know if we've talked about it, but certainly, uh, I mean, obviously not in the podcast, but um, RTD and Moffat had some very different views on what Doc, on what Doctor Who was like. Our RTD, you know, always had this sort of bittersweet quality to it. Um, and Moffat was almost, Moffat was very much on the, you know, magical, uh, point Mm -hmm. of view, uh, point of view and really even kind of upbeat and stuff like that at the end. And in the way that RTD really, uh, wasn't, you wouldn't really see that much of a Pyrrhic victory type thing under, under a Moffat, uh, tenure for the most part, or if it is, it wouldn't stand. Um, uh, and so, you know, it's interesting for Chibnall, who in some ways was obviously much more bleak. Uh, I, in a way, I think maybe it's closer to RTD than than um, than Moffat. So I, I don't know, but I, I don't know if it's just you know maybe he'd like to write things. Maybe he's just doing stuff people a little favor to to get stuff on track. Um, I, I I don't. I mean, I'm not sure how much I would picture him staying around for a long time. It's also the fact that he's been you know he left in 2010, so it's you know 11 years at this particular point since then, and maybe enough stories have gestated that he's like you know I wouldn't mind keeping another crack at it for. I mean, even so, I, I picture that you know you're not going to have a lifetime's worth of stories. You'll have 11 years worth of stories, and and maybe that'll carry it around for a little while. And and uh, it's it's interesting stewardship. I think um, it's less publicized that Julie Gardner is also coming back so like a lot oh. of the production staff from early who i believe is also going to be there interesting so so that's that's intriguing well uh you know with moffat i will say that he does have some of the 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 darkness i guess that you're talking about um in you know say dark water and death in heaven uh the end of um the doctor falls all that kind of stuff i mean it's, it's it there. feels like some of that is there. I, I mean, I will say that overall, I, I do tend to prefer the 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 kind of RTD approach to it, and the kind of not realism, but like the, there was a groundedness, I think, in ordinary life that I really appreciated about him, and that I think mm-hmm. Moffat never really had a lot of time for, which I can kind of understand. Well, I don't, I don't know if it's so much that he didn't have time for it. It's what he got out of the Doctor. That I mean, he's actually said that you know he pictures this as kind of a magical being in his own. In his own way, and I mm-hmm. think it, he, uh, I think the realism thing didn't fit into them so, so much, um, you know, as Doctor Who is the fairy godfather, I guess, as it were, and, and yeah. almost as a beacon, of, a beacon of hope in his own way. Um, you know, RTD, I think, in some ways, was a little more um, Lord of the Rings in the respect of, you know, you can have some hope after the scouring of the Shire, but you've got the scouring of the Shire. Mm-hmm. Right, so um, so it's it's certainly much more bittersweet. Yeah, well, as for speculation about why he's back, I mean, I think it feels like they wanted an experienced hand there for the 60th. I think that's, oh, well, that's true. They've admitted I think that's that. what that's and, about. And, 
and and things have slipped and you have a new I mean you're going to have a new doctor and new everything coming in like I I can understand why that is incredibly appealing for the BBC and certainly it's it's appealing for the viewers I think that's certainly gotten excitement up for the first time in a while too it's it is a shame that I would like to see what RTD would do with Jodie Whittaker yeah, I, I think so too. Although at this point, I, I do just kind of want a clean slate. I'm just like, let's let's just start fresh again. I don't um, know. Maybe maybe jo- maybe Jody can have a better um, a better time at Big Finish. I mean, it did wonders for Colin Baker. Yeah, I mean, she's been great. I, I've had no quarrels yeah, with her at all. She has not been the problem at all. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I I it feels unlikely to me that you know, given that they're. Uh, they've worked together closely on, on stuff in the past and are kind of chummy. It seems mm-hmm. unlikely to me that RTD will completely retcon everything, but you never know. Um, I don't know that it needs to be. I think the, the suggestion of like the weird memory wiping, you know, sinister, I don't know. There's just a lot of, there's a lot of weird loose ends that were left at the end of that. I, I didn't have a problem with the timeless child thing in general, but like uh, it just, it's very messy <laughs> and like, right. I'm not well, sure that I'm really interested in like cleaning up that mess at this point, but whatever. I mean, we've also got another year left to go. So who it's knows true. what will happen in the interim. So uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough judging based on two thirds of a uh, two thirds of a tenure, I suppose. Yeah. So, well, this will um, be exciting though. I mean, because I'm, uh, even if we knew that he was just coming back for say two years or something like that, I think it will be fascinating to see what he does with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and really we, interesting to see who comes after. Yeah. Um, did, did we, since this is an AbFab uh, <laughs> uh, thing at this point, did we want to actually talk a little bit about the crossovers between Doctor Who and AbFab? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to remember what they are. I mean, well, I suppose right, there's so Joanna the, Lumley and Julia Swalla in Curse of the Fatal Death. Right. Uh, there is also, of course, um, who we have not seen yet in the show, and I think we don't see until the next episode at least, uh, Christopher Ryan, of course, oh, yes. a.k.a. Mike from The Young Ones, who shows up as one of uh, Idina's ex-husbands. Um, and, of course, uh, Mar- uh, Marshall. Of course, Gran, uh, appearing in The End of Time. Right, and uh, and Kate O'Mara. Uh, oh, yes. The, the Ronnie, uh, appearing uh, as she will pop up soon in, uh, in AbFab as well. Um, I, I won't spoil that one, um, just was, so we can squee when she actually shows up. Was Miranda Richardson in Doctor Who, or was there were just a bunch of people who were basically Miranda Richardson characters? Yeah, no, that's a funny thing. I, I don't think there is. Like, um, uh, I can't remember her name, uh, but she was um, she was in the Next Doctor. She was the one that makes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Later, yeah, I mean, she is very Miranda Richardson-ish, although not Miranda Richardson. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Miranda Richardson, to my knowledge, has never appeared in anything in Doctor Who, and that's just strange. It is strange. Yeah. Um, you know, Brian Blessed's been in it. Yeah. Um, Derek, Derek Jacoby's been in it. Uh, no Patrick Stewart, though. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting, uh, too. I, I think it would be so, odd. It would feel very strange to have him in there. What, um, from a Picard point of view, I mean? I, I, I don't think so. I feel like he transcends, I mean... Oh, know. he does. I mean, there's. I'm not impugning his acting ability or anything like that. I just think it would be... I mean, he is so I iconic mean, to me at this point. It's true. Well, unless you did it as a voice. Like, you know, Ian McKellen was the great the voice of the great intelligence. Yeah. You know, and the voice was very recognizable, but it fit very, very well. So, yeah, I don't know, maybe... But, but I would actually argue that Ian McKellen's voice is even more um, recognizable than Patrick Stewart's. Mm, yeah, maybe so. the timbre of that man's voice. Yeah. Uh, who else are we forgetting who is uh, part of a crossover here? Um, oh, uh, well, you know, Naoko. Go ahead. Uh, oh, Naoko Mori. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. Of course, yeah. who appeared in in uh, some of the Eccleston episodes earlier. Who, of course, is Safi's uh, best friend in yep. in, uh, in Avhab. Um, I, I was going to point out that, um, of course, Jennifer Saunders and um, uh, appeared in a skit that I think was deleted from TV, but has shown up on since on um, on video for French and Saunders, where the uh, where uh, French and Saunders are basically as extras as Silurians in in an <laughs> Ertzatz uh, trial of the Time Lord, where they're just completely mucking things up the uh, and kind of commenting on things the entire way. Yep. Um, so again, not canon, but, um, <laughs> but bloody amusing. If um, I'm I'm curious if I, I thought maybe. I don't know about Jennifer, but I thought Joanna Lumley may have done a voice on like Big Finish. 
Oh, maybe. Big Finish is it's like is a vast sea of continuity that I can't wade into. This is this probably is everyone yeah, has I'm... been in Big Finish at some point. You know who I think it's a shame has not uh, appeared on Abfab, but like I could picture being perfect uh, popping up in some role. Me? Well, yes, but that's not. <laughs> I, I was picturing a particular Doctor Who actor. Oh, okay. All right, hold on. Let me think. Uh, uh, give me a hint. Um, he first appears in the first season. He's done several um, guest spots. You're talking about Barrowman? Yes, John oh, Barrowman. Wow, okay. Come on, just picture him in Abfab. I, yeah, I be, it could work. Be perfect. It could work. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. I mean, I actually have a harder time remembering guest stars in Abfab than I do on Doctor Who, so... It is true, and especially certainly in the later seasons, which, you know, I, I feel like, you know, the first three seasons of Abfab are kind of sacrosanct, and the ones that came later on, I'm glad we have them, but I remember less of them mm -hmm. by comparison. Um, I've, I've enjoyed them all, but I agree that the first three are uh, I mean, are central. You know, I'm sure I could picture, you know, Karen Gillan popping in somewhere in Abfab the same way I could certainly picture uh, Jane Horrocks popping up in Doctor Who playing any type of role, frankly, because she has <laughs> yeah. such a range. Alpha Centauri. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! No. Yeah, spot on, spot on. Oh my god, that hurts. Uh, I mean, we fortunately we still have the original Alpha Centauri to do that, but uh, it, yeah. Um, uh, if people who listen, I mean, all the people who listen to the podcast who don't like Doctor Who are like, what? What have I stumbled into? Can I just fast? Well, it's okay. We we can shift into you know hitchhikers, for example. So you have you yeah. know Jane Horrocks doing the Fenchurch and and uh, we don't we don't have and, to do and, that. And uh, um and you know um, uh, <laughs> Patsy as the woman with the uh, Sydney Opera House shaped oh, head. Anyway, uh, yeah, I suppose there probably is some overlap. I was kind of being facetious. Um, well. Well, yeah. There so, are only so many Brits around, apparently. <laughs> I guess so. Well, we'll keep an eye out for Doctor Who actors showing up in, in Abfab. I'm sure we will comment yeah. when they appear. Um, we had planned to talk about, uh, and, and maybe we can just cover it briefly, um, where we were and what we were doing in the years that the first three series were made, which is 1992, 1994, and 1995. Um, yeah, so, 1993 we do not speak of. Well, I don't know why there's that gap. I guess maybe... I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think Maybe just I'm just picking the wrong between years. The first and, between the first and second series getting started, but once they had two, they had enough idea for three or for three series. I don't know. Hmm. That's my, my speculation. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, mean it was, that, was that was college for both of us. So you Yeah, know, pretty much completely... I mean, I was ninety one through ninety five, and you were ninety two through ninety six. So I mean, yeah. So in ninety two, I was I was doing my fair lady, <laughs> finishing up high school, and then coming to college and uh, going to clubs for the first time. Uh, back when it was, uh, I don't even know how to describe the genre of club music that was happening in nineteen ninety two, nineteen ninety three. Um, I mean, but it was pretty. Amazing. I have memories. I mean, I have memories of both both our house parties and certainly going to in this is in Rochester, New York. Um, if you remember the place called Heaven. Oh yeah, that's exactly was, what I was thinking of. Yeah, I mean that was a dance club that was in a converted church, and it was hysterical having um, having you know people dancing in cages on essentially what would be um, you know mounted to the front of what otherwise you can picture being a um, a raised. Uh, erased stage where obviously somebody would be speaking from the pulpit. So it, it, mm -hmm. it felt, um, it, it felt very interesting. Well, you know, red hot chili peppers are playing, give it away. And, and, uh, um, at some what? point somebody of course, somebody of course was playing uh, nine inch nails because, um, you know, had like a whole, I don't care if it came out in, in pretty hate machine in 88, that thing was playing for a long, long time. But they played red hot chili peppers in heaven. They did. Oh my God. Yeah, I don't they remember do. that at all. All I remember is like um just super hyper house music and techno. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty sure, you know, I mean, um the the campus humor magazine that I was involved in, Norm, not ordinary reading material, uh, that we had stuff that we'd play <laughs> on production weekend, um the, uh, half of which was stuff that ended up in heaven and half of it was like, you know, um 
I, I want to I just picture um, our, our lovely art editor. I, I miss him badly, um, and I'm, I'm glad we're friends on Facebook, kind of bouncing around to, uh, to Blondie at uh, uh, early hours on production <laughs> week and Sundays. But, but the other half was, was like Lords of Acid, which we actually right, saw. Yes. At um at what later was at that point was already renamed the Water Street Music Hall instead of the much more interesting downtown boogie bar. Um, was it not the horizontal but, boogie bar? I'm sorry. Yes, the horizontal yes. boogie bar. My mm-hmm. uh, downtown horizontal boogie bar. Yeah. My uh my, how did I miss that? But, um, <laughs> yeah. But Lords of Acid, Voodoo You in particular, uh, and and I think they only had two albums out at the time, or the third one came out midway through college or whatever. Yeah, that was later. Uh, you know, and and we we blared some of that during our house parties, but you know, um, our, our house parties wandered around. You know, heaven was not going to be playing "Sweet Home Alabama." Um, Christ, uh, but yeah, uh, you know, or or Moxie Fruvis King of Spain. Uh, oh, shut up! I like that. Um, <laughs> but I, I also a have fan. a soft spot. I also have a soft spot for for Lords of Acid. It's you know, I like Lords of again, Acid. Yeah. It it fulfills very different purposes in my heart. Yep, um, fair enough. You know, uh, I mean, okay, I admit I still giggle over Crab Louse, but um, it's very I, funny. I, song. I probably shouldn't be giggling over that song, but anyway. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember James Brown is dead as well. Ah, yes, of course. Uh, I actually have. That's uh, what LA style. Um, I, I, I have. So. Um, yeah, I, I have a mix of like just drama house songs on my on my phone and different things that I've. I've converted at the time, and it's it's quite an eccentric mix because you have that you have you know I melt with you, um, mm-hmm. you, you have uh, it wasn't even it was stuff I have certainly a lot of new order in there also sure um, that was that was the first uh, when when Joe graduated after my sophomore year your your freshman year and um, you know he had he was the one that had new order or whatever so I'm like all right somebody needs it for the party so I I picked up substance which was I think the very first. CD that I bought when I, I got a CD player in 1993. It was either that or, of all things, Joe's Garage, uh, which we did not play at house parties, but for some reason I got on CD. Um, is that I had a Zappa? Soft spot from, that is, yeah. Okay. I had a soft spot on that from um, from uh, a summer program I went to in high school where um, I, I was not really versed in a lot of different genres in, in high school, but that, that kind of, that summer program introduced me to a lot. That introduced me to Zappa. That introduced me to... Um, well, this isn't music, but that introduced me to Cheech and Chong, which is kind of hysterical. Um, that introduced me to um, to Dead Milkman, Bitch and Camaro. Oh yes, um, and of course, Punk Rock Girl. Ah yes, uh, Punk Rock Girl. Enough, I didn't know until college. No, but, that was but, the only but, one I knew because that was the one they played on MTV. Yeah, smoking banana peels. But I mean, I, I have their their best of. What was it Death Rides Like a Cow or something? Um, <laughs> Death Rides a Cow. But but uh, but yeah, I mean, Pitching Camaro. I listened to. I don't know how many times. Uh, you know, um, the, the line about um, you know driving driving it all the way up from the Bahamas. You got to be shitting me. Yeah, it must be the Bahamas or islands. Um, <laughs> that that and the fact that you know uh, you hear one of the characters clearly feeding. The lines to the other character and and the other one clearly too blitz to be able to uh, <laughs> to get the lines out like that 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 cracks me up every time I listen to it. Um, oh, God. I, I have such a soft spot for that. But anyway, back to heaven. I'm trying to think what other things were played there. You mentioned um, James Brown is dead. Um, I mean, just yeah, they played they played other stuff too. They they played. Um, I remember them playing Caught Stealing, Jane's Addiction. Which is Maybe funny because, so. or, or or as as my my roommate Rob used to refer to it as the woof woof song. Oh God, um, <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah I mean so I was doing that I was you know uh, basically uh, coming out in a big way uh, during that time because I was finally out of my small town and I could be uh, by publicly if I wanted to and I and which I is funny to. I I. I you know, it didn't dawn on me that that was a new thing for you because, mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like that that was a good part of your identity from the day that I first met you. Oh, it was, um, just among my small circle of drama friends. Okay. Uh, well, it was also, you know, me knocking on the door and, oh, God, again? All right, I'll talk to you in a couple hours. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Uh, uh, and and, and um, I shouldn't say that phrase. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not go there. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about, anyway. I um, do. Um, uh-huh. No one listening. They're like, this podcast has become the inside joke podcast. And actually, if we have just gotten off talking about heaven, we 
we probably don't have time to completely cover this. Maybe let's just finish 92, and then we'll come back to 94 and 95 in the subsequent seasons. Um, okay, I don't have much more to say about those arrows, but if oh. you do, then, then that's fine. Well, uh, maybe I don't have that much either, but that's good because mm. it's probably about time to start watching the show. Um, but yeah. it was it was a fun time. Uh, it was the beginning of the 90s. Uh, I had voted in my very first presidential election. Yep, me too. Uh, and we voted in Clinton, uh, which I don't really regret, given the alternatives. Um and uh, yeah, it was just a, a, an optimistic time because I was starting college. I w- you know, I had gotten out of that small town, uh, and just there were a lot of possibilities at that time, including the possibility of this show <laughs> of AbFab. Um, there's really no continuity there. I don't know why I tried to link those two things, but no, I think that's reasonable. I mean, you know, and thinking about the media that was around during that time, I mean, you know, that's the time when, um, when you know. Uh, all right, Animaniacs debuted in, in 93, so that's the year that we won't name, apparently. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I think of things we were watching in the Third Floor Lounge. In some cases, it was, you know, stuff that was on videotape that, that you or somebody had brought in, right? That's how I first saw Blackadder. That's how I first saw MST3K. Um, that's, wow. That's, you know, AbFab, I think, mainly we watched, like, the summer where we were together and, and staying over the summer somewhere and, and, um, and that we were getting in... Yeah, you know, we actually were subscribed to a, a, a cable TV station and getting Comedy Central at that point. Yeah, it's it's um, funny to think that you had to do that back then. I guess you still do, if you if you do cable. Yeah, um, it, is, it is weird. I still have cable. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, as you alluded to, I think we already talked about this that we lived in in Drama House at uh, at college, yeah. and we lived with a bunch of theater people and well, people who did theater despite not being theater people. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty wonderful. You know, it's, it's interesting that 92 was the turning point for me because, again, I started in 91, and I was not in Drama House my, uh, mm-hmm. my first year, and I nearly transferred to Harvard. I actually got wow. in. Uh, I, I'd been waitlisted when I was, um, uh, when I was uh, uh, a college senior, but I, I had not had a happy first semester. Uh, yes, uh, <clears throat> and, and um, I had not had a happy first semester in... Um, uh, in in Rochester, and I was kind of miserable. And uh, doing plays there was about the only positive thing. And I, I did kind of like my classes, but I did not get along with anybody there. I did not get along with anybody in my dorm. Oh, and wow. I'd gone to a couple house parties. I'd gotten dragged there, like you know, my first uh, in my first month there, which was hysterical. I got thrown behind the bar despite never having, um, <laughs> uh, you know, despite barely being eighteen and and um, not. No, I oh not had a God. drink in my life before, and 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 doing the you know because I knew people that were there, and like what what do I do? They're like, well, you have to go to the bathroom for a while. Just 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 take care of this. And I'm like, what do I do? And they're like, people will know. They'll tell you what to what to make. And <laughs> you can have a little bit of that too. And you know, security oh will come God. by. They'll probably security will come by. They'll probably want a screwdriver. You know, um, <laughs> and uh, that, that was that was an education. Like that, I said, um, a magical time. Yeah, well, and and so by 92, you know, by the time the year rolled around, and and I actually found out that I got into Harvard, but I already bonded with the people in Drama House where I was going to go later on, and so, yeah, I turned Harvard down. Oh, wow. I turned that crap down. Uh, And, and, uh, I mean, it wasn't just because of that, but, um, yeah, it's it's true. I actually felt like... um, I, I, I do often wonder how things would have been different, but I, I don't really have much regrets in that regard. Um, yeah, I got into, um, not Harvard, I get I did get waitlisted at Harvard and Duke, actually, um, but um, I got into Williams College, mm-hmm. and I almost went there, but when I went to visit, I was just like, this is a bunch of rich kids that I have nothing in common with, and... I would be in the middle of freaking nowhere with nowhere else to go. And I just, just mm. didn't feel right. And, you know, as like, <laughs> as, as mediocre as I found the college where we did end up university of Rochester, I, I, um, you know, it, it certainly socially, it was much better. I think than it would well, have been, uh, I mean, I, and I, that's important too. I had gotten into Stanford and my mm-hmm. mom was like, you can apply, but we're not shelling, you know, we will not get, we're, we're not, at the level where we get financial aid and we are not shelling out that kind of money for that. So you can apply if you want, but you are not, we're not paying for it. 
uh, you will get a good education at Rochester. And I did get a good education at Rochester. And Dad was like, you know, grad school matters at least at, at least as much. If you're going to do grad school, that matters. And 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 to some extent, he was right. Although um, I still wonder how things would have been uh, uh, different in that yeah. regard. But um, but that said, yeah, and I did get into Stanford. Um, uh, but, uh, and you know, it's funny, even though I didn't end up going there for grad school either, I've certainly spent a lot of time running around Stanford and, and with friends that are in Stanford here in the, in the Bay area. So, uh, it, it, it's weird. I feel like I'm kind of an honorary Stanford, uh, yeah, if, if I'd known then what I know now, I would have applied to colleges in California like a shot, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I tried to stay close to home for some lunatic reason. Um, yeah, I, not for I a lunatic would've... reason. It was nice to be able to see my family during college, but you know. No, I, well, it's true. I mean, I, I would take a, a, a shuttle home, basically, you know, from Rochester to Connecticut or whatever, but, like, I, I would have been happy being on the other coast, and uh, as I'm happy, you know, I love my parents from a distance, um, and now <laughs> actually is the age where, where I need to be flying home and, and taking care of them a little more. There's some stuff going on there, but um, I think in general, in terms of how we get along with each other, um, I, I, I think... I am curious how things would have gone had I been there as an as an undergrad. But, but again, between you know between taking lessons at Eastman, um, mm-hmm. Eastman School of Music being associated with Rochester, I was doing that. Between all the drama house stuff that I did, uh, certainly uh, the Norm, the, the Humor Magazine stuff, um, you know, the pep band or whatever. And I, I imagine I could be doing that at uh, at other places as well. But like it. After the first semester and into the first, at the end of the first year is when I really suddenly bonded with a whole lot of people at once and found a lot of those possibilities. And and Rochester, you know, Rochester was still in the top twenty five for U.S. News at that particular That's point. True. That was not that was not a bad school at that at that point. Um, and I do agree with the you know I got into a lot of good grad schools and I, I did well for grad school. So I mean, I'm I'm not I I think it was still a good thing and and. Besides, of course, the fact that otherwise we never would have met each other, dude. I was going to say, and uh, I wouldn't have met uh, my girlfriend, our mutual friend, and you wouldn't have met her either. Mm-hmm. So, yep, there were some good things. Uh, yeah. This is definitely taking a weirdly personal turn. I hope people are still listening, uh, but we will stop now and get on to the episode and save some of the other stories for later. Uh, we're just going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and watch Magazine, the fifth episode of the first season of AbFab. I love you, man. All right, we are back to watch Magazine, which uh, we've been discussing during the break is either the fifth episode or the sixth episode of HabFab. Um, The DVD, if you have that, uh, lists birthday as the episode the fifth episode, and magazine is the sixth. Uh, Wikipedia says the same, but as uh, Jeff pointed out, the air dates of those are flipped. And honestly, birthday feels like an end of season episode, right. and magazine, or right. And I'm yeah. So I think yeah. And I'm I'm watching it on Hulu, and Hulu has magazine is fifth and birthday six, which is why I said that. And yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, magazine uh, birthday feels like a season ender. So yeah. Yeah. So uh, whatever this may be blasphemy to you if you are an Abfab uh, DVD slash Wikipedia purist, but we are going to watch magazine this time, and we'll watch birthday next time. So I I can swear that like not just the original air date, but when we first saw it on Comedy Central, I could swear they aired magazine before. I birthday. think you're right. Here's what I think happened: they screwed up on the DVD, and then Wikipedia took its running order from the DVD, and nobody changed it. So whatever. You know, I'm not sure I buy that, but I'm going to accept that. <laughs> okay. Well, believe it or not, here we go. We're going to watch uh, Magazine. Uh, and as you know by now, after however many episodes we've done, uh, I'm going to count three, two, one, play. We'll all hit play at the same time and watch this episode together. So, uh, Jeff, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Three, two, one, play. You know, it would have been very funny if we hadn't discovered this and lots of people <laughs> listening would have been like, what the hell are they talking about? Oh, why didn't we just leave it as a mistake and then people would have written in to say, uh, excuse me. Uh, well, actually, it would have been even funnier if the two find. of us got it wrong. So well, I'd that's be what I'm saying. I'd be watching one episode and you'd be watching a second. Oh, <laughs> I see now. Yeah, that would be great. I might have even noticed, actually, uh, if you hadn't said magazine earlier on. 
Ah, this is the British alarm as opposed to the U.S. alarm. Woo, woo. I dig her outfit. It's a self-destruct mechanism. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> her outfit kind of looks like my outfit in Cyberpunk's 2077 right now. Okay, that's funny. I mean, I do like the rose shades. I would like a pair of those. I know a friend of mine that has one of those. They're pretty nice. I mean, she could pull those off and then shoot beams from her eyes like Cyclops. <laughs> we didn't start in bed this time. It's true. Yeah, it seems weird that she'd be out later than Patsy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's funny considering Helena Bonham Carter later on. Yes. Thank you, Robert Kirkman. <laughs> What is that can? Uh, let's see. Sapporo? Mm. <laughs> well, that's an interesting foreshadowing for um, yes. later. Yeah, very different attitude towards sex right now. Not rusty and insecure. Oh, this is one of my favorite bits. I do like how this is shot. Because the word ace was not known back then. <laughs> right. Although she's not going by later seasons. <laughs> 
Drew, what's a boiler suit? <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Maybe if I were a lesbian, what's I would a, know. What's a cookie? <laughs> uh, what a fateful question. <laughs> I like that outfit. Yeah. Aww. Certainly much more tasteful than usual. Yipes. Safi's look speaks for us all. <laughs> Wait, Harrod says it's own brandy? I don't know. Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> They're shocked looks. It's a shame we don't see them more often. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's one of my favorite lines. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I enjoy her tasteless outfits. This is about the most, one of the more tasteful ones, I think, yeah. overall. She doesn't look very Colin Bakerish right now. <laughs> you know, actually, I'm glad they don't show them more often. Like, I think it would ruin the joke if we saw her associates all the time. Yeah, Plus probably. It means she'd be doing more work. Of course, we get to see Jennifer Saunders' husband for a little bit in this episode. Yes.
That's, wait, is that Ruby Wax or was that? I, I think so. I remember thinking, God, I've got to learn that accent. <laughs> it's pretty great. Look at that shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love this and crew. And that's Helen Lederer in the blonde? Yeah. I want to pair her with Bubble. <laughs> they would disintegrate in a whirlpool of cluelessness. <laughs> oh my well, god, that didn't River Phoenix. Age very well. Had to be not had to be right around when he died, too. Yeah. I don't know who that is. <laughs> Douching with men, oh god. Okay, douching with mint did not mm -hmm. get a laugh. Although douche means something different. Anyway. I'm sorry, knowing several Russians, I have to disagree with that statement. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, Aid Edmondson. Yay. Good. Thank you, Aid. Although I just want him to yell, Oi! <laughs> Miseries. <laughs> As usual, it's the facial expression that sells it. Yeah.
<laughs> I love how you could hear the little hamster wheels turning. Yes. Are you bothered? <laughs> it's interesting how much direct interaction we have yeah. with Patsy and, and Safi in this. <laughs> yes. Look at those genetics in the background. Here's your Doctor crossover. Is it wrong that I'm trying to look at that bottle of alcohol? <laughs> yes. All right, so what year was this? Mm. Because theoretically, their teenage years were the 60s, so... Yeah. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> 
Interesting. My stuff jumped a little bit for a second. Hmm. <laughs> Jennifer Saunders can make walking downstairs look like an epic bit of comedy. Mm hmm. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of eggs in that hair. <laughs> I'm amazed by just how tasteful Eddie mm -hmm. looks in this entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> you picture this to be like Wednesday Adams is smiling. <laughs> God bless June Whitfield. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> 
I like her hair. Now I see the family resemblance. <laughs> I mean, it's true. I could picture Eddie wearing Safi's outfit very easily. <laughs> she, Safi looks quite good in it, I have to say. Yeah, well, I like her uh, hairstyle. I mean, in an 80s sort of way. And, uh,. Grand looks like a flapper peacock. <laughs> Eleanor Braun is Patsy's mother. That's right. Yep. I remember who mm -hmm. it was. Oh, Ruby exquisite. Wax simply exquisite. <laughs> oh, you're quoting City of Death, yes? Yes, of course. Of course. That's certainly the first thing that I ever saw her in. Although not her co-star, of course. One Mr. John Cleese. <laughs> good stinger oh boy all right uh that was magazine we'll be right back all right we are now ready to discuss magazine uh the Fifth or sixth AbFab episode of season one, but I surely it's fifth. It has to be fifth. Um, yeah, I would have to agree. I always make you go for first. To... <laughs> I'll, I'll go first this time. Okay, go for it. Um, I love this one. Um, I love the sequence where uh, we have the reversal of um, uh, of Safi possibly being gay, and then she says no, and then her mother is disappointed. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that I, was. Kind I of really classic. adore that. I love the magazine well, crew. Uh, oh, sorry, you were going to say something about the coming no, out. No, thing? no, no. Keep keep going. I'll, oh well, I'll, I'll pop in on my. I love the magazine crew. I, I love all of them, and I love Magda's like endless uh, monologuing and um, and the the ditzy uh, <laughs> editors around her. Um, I love uh, Aid Edmondson's monologue about the restaurant. Um, 
I love uh, Patsy and Safi's confrontation in their clash of wills, which I think is uh, really terrific. Um, and of course, the story about <laughs> Patsy's mom and the fake out that it was fake, but actually, it's not. Yeah, it's it's all quite good. Um, I'm I'm in the kind of same position here, I think, as I was with maybe it was Hitchhikers, where uh, every subsequent episode seems better to me. Um, but I really love this one. Uh, there's there's nothing about it I don't like. It's really great. What yeah. do you think? Um, uh, agreed. And I actually think that uh, that you know, being that this is situated towards the last half of the first season, like I think this wouldn't have worked as well earlier in the season because I think a lot of this really b- uh, builds on understanding the characters and where mm-hmm. they're coming from. I, I think the Safi Patsy stuff certainly. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I, I do think that I love the editor stuff, uh, but I, I do agree that, uh, I do think that it's good. We don't see them more often. It is a great little joke. Plus the fact that, you know, my, my God, Patsy actually does some work. That's a surprise, but, uh, but I, I think they work great as little bit characters popping in and, and yeah, Mag- Magda's uh, stream of conscience, consciousness through the whole thing is great. Uh, mm-hmm. Aid having his little walk on absolutely Helen Letterer being the, you know, um, the, Rosen Island or or um, or Jane Horrocks in this one. I some lovely just, um, photos. As I recall, I think she shows up a little bit uh, later, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think it's just the right amount of them. It's funny. In I almost wish the segment on TV with Dawn French was a little longer, but of course, if you're just going to have Patsy completely shell shocked at that point, which is not too surprising, that of course. Once she gets on on there, her bluster completely disappears. But I, I would have liked to have seen a little more interaction from um, from Gran and from uh, Safi in terms of their their abject humiliation in that regard. But <laughs> but the the the, the Patsy uh, Safi interplay that we finally get to see a full. I mean, they've sniped in Eddie's presence before, but the fact that we get the interaction from him and the fact that that Patsy does the manipulation, which actually ends up backfiring at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that is pitch perfect. Um, yep. And I and I don't know. I didn't laugh as hard at this as I did. You know, the the um, uh, I could raise hemline so high that the world's a gynecologist is my favorite one of my favorite ab headlines ever. Um, but uh, it's funny. Like I, there aren't as many lines that I could particularly pick out of this one. Uh, but in terms of the overall situation and the character interaction, it is so top notch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would agree with that. I think the the only thing I don't really like about this episode is Bubbles not in it. Uh, yeah, but... <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't re- I didn't like even remember until you mentioned it. But yeah, she doesn't show up here, and that's a shame. But yeah, I, yeah, I like the rest Jane of Hart's. it a lot. Yeah. Poor us, really. Um, but there will be more for later on. Um, potty, 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 potty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, very, very fond of this one. Um, good stuff. Yeah, I would agree. Well, uh, we have one more episode in season one, and fortunately we have 12 more after that. Possibly even more uh, if we have uh, people getting in touch with us. At Starship Warlock on Twitter is the best way to reach us. Um, let us know if you're enjoying this AbFab sequence or uh, if you'd like to see more. Or, well, you, you can't see less. We're, we're going through season three, whether you like it or not. So strap yeah. in. Uh, I but mean, it, <laughs> oh, you said strap in. Got it. Um, yes. Uh, sorry, this is a PG um, podcast. Not really. Uh, all right. Well, maybe not. Um it is funny though. Like I know people that are into the fashion world, world or period fashion world or whatever, including like a couple of them that have dressed up as a pitch perfect um, Eddie and um, and uh, uh, Patsy for a costume con that was just uh, brilliant. And like uh, I mean, they they've done plenty of ab fab stuff or whatever. Like I, I feel like that um, that they've covered that in a lot of detail. But like, um, come on, guys, just listen to our stuff. Just comment. I want you to comment. Um, <laughs> I, uh, we're, we're not proud. <laughs> I, I've had stuff to drink and that's partially because I'm trying to be, um, in solidarity with, with Patsy. Oh and yeah. You're getting in the mind but, space. Maybe I should be doing that too. That's clearly it. Well, you know, I mean the last episode or the next episode is the, uh, the season finale. So like, I, I think that's a good time for a blowout if we really want to do it. So it's too bad. I don't like champagne more. But there are plenty of other alcoholic beverages I could choose from, I suppose. That's true. Yeah, I didn't go for champagne. Um, I'm, um, 
I do like champagne, but it's not a go-to thing for me. Um, uh, although I had it recently, um, I, I went to there was an evening of opera hi- highlights at uh, San Francisco Opera. It was the first time in eighteen months that it was in you know in a theater and San Francisco Opera, and they had a little champagne gala afterwards. And it was not the best champagne in the world, but it was it was nice to just kind of toast that um, for the hmm. first time in a while. Champ is all right for you, Jeff. Oh yes. <laughs> How about some peluga or some little nibbly things? Oh, nibbly things. Uh, actually, I should get some nibbly things now because it's uh, past my dinner time. So, oh, okay. see, I ate first before I had the alcohol. That I was, was very smart. I'm going to need to drink a ton of water, but yeah. Um. Uh, well, it, that is as good a reason as any to wrap this up. Uh, we will uh, be with you next time for birthday, the final episode of this season. Until then, this has been Drew. This has been Jeff. And you've been listening to Starship Podcast Warlock. Warlock. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.